Okay, so one of the biggest mistakes we make about religion is thinking that it gives us a roadmap for our lives. Whether it's a set of rules to live by or the answer key to life's biggest questions, we assume that religion will tell us where we need to go and exactly how to get there. People certainly think of Christianity that way, as a map of good behaviors with a heavenly destination. Sometimes a Christian map also comes with a list of bad behaviors and a different final destination. But I want to propose to you that following Jesus is really more like going off map. He does offer a guide of basic good practices, like loving our neighbors, learning how to forgive, letting go of things that keep us from realizing how much we need God. But that is only the beginning, minimal religious practice, if you will. The real adventure begins when we reach the end of that map and keep going. My parents had that kind of adventure on one of my first Sundays here at Christ Church. I was still very new to Arkansas, and this was going to be their first visit. They decided to drive down from their home in St. Louis. According to my dad's spiral-bound Rand McNally Road Atlas of the United States and the MapQuest directions I had printed out and mailed to him in advance, the trip would take about five and a half hours. So they left very early to make it for the 10.30 service. What I didn't plan for, and they didn't either, was extra time for going off the map. The backstory you need to know is that my parents were faithful Roman Catholics since birth, and they raised me in that tradition, and I remember how our entire lives were shaped by that identity. Growing up, I knew that Protestants existed, but I hadn't, I'm not sure I had met one. <laughs> when I joined the Episcopal Church as a young adult, my parents were wary but open-minded, and at my ordination, they did their best to wrap their minds around the whole thing and be supportive as their daughter was clearly going off the map. Which brings us to their drive to Christchurch, Little Rock. They were not here by the time the service started. When it was over, I found them in the narthex looking a little frazzled. It turns out that they had made a few wrong turns downtown, somehow opting to drive down alleys, and ended up at the Catholic Cathedral of St. Andrew on Louisiana. And sure enough, they went in and asked where they could find the priest named Kate. <laughs> now, that was met with some confusion. It's a church that only has male clergy. But eventually, they got it sorted out. Now, as I see it, my father, at least subconsciously, had tried really hard to hold on to the Catholic map that he knew even his, as he was being called to travel beyond it. And for anyone who has had to go off map, you know it's not an easy thing to do. But 
in a million different ways. The life of faith is about just that, going off map, past the terrain we know. Otherwise, it would be called knowledge, not faith. Faith really begins at the edge of the map, where the search for joy and authenticity and adventure begins. The conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts describes faith at the edge of the map in such a beautiful and funny and meaning, uh, moving way. Philip is walking along a wilderness road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Already we know that this story is set past where his GPS would take him. The Spirit tells him to chase down a chariot. Now, I've never tried to stop a chariot on foot, but I'm guessing it's not the most graceful maneuver. And the most extraordinary encounter begins. The chariot rider is reading a passage from the book of Isaiah. He invites Philip into the chariot to interpret it for him. In the course of their conversation, the Ethiopian comes to faith. He asks to be baptized, and they find water on the side of the road that will do just fine. He is baptized into the body of Christ, and they go their separate ways, rejoicing. There are almost more ways than we could count that this particular story is off the map. If you happen to have studied all those maps in the back of your Bible, you know that they all cut off before reaching the border of Ethiopia. Ethiopia is foreign enough to be completely off the map. And Philip finds the guy on an access road that no GPS would, would pick up. The Ethiopian's religious identity is off the map, too. He is returning from worship in Jerusalem, so he could be Jewish or not. The temple was a tourist destination, much like the National Cathedral today. His economic class is off the map, too. He is both a servant of the queen and in charge of the treasury, riding in an expensive chariot. His own wealth is ambiguous. His appearance, too, probably off of Philip's usual map. And last but not least, his status as a eunuch seems essential to the list of his off-the-map qualities. It's hard for us to know just what that status signified at the time, but we do know this. This is the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ being brought to a non-cisgender foreigner, now fully included in that holy fellowship. This should give us pause any time we hear that people should be excluded from the reaches of God's grace based on gender or sexuality or any quality of difference. It's so painful when the maps people use are too small. Now there's one more detail worth mentioning in the story. This scene is one of four conversion stories right in a row. It happens in the middle of the conversions of Simon the sorcerer, a Samaritan, Paul, Pharisee, persecutor of the Christians, Centurion, a citizen of Rome. Are you seeing a theme? 
The gospel is reaching far and wide, much further than the disciples originally thought it would, or probably where they thought it should. I can only imagine Philip's surprise when the spirits told him to chase down the Ethiopian's chariot. Really? That one? But that seems to be how the Spirit works. If the disciples' adventures tell us anything, it's that the Spirit constantly drives the good news into a wider and wider world. God's love for humanity practically chases us down on the road, no matter how far-flung we or anybody else is. Grace seems especially directed to those beyond the map. And to those parts in ourselves that we worry are too far off the map to be worthy of love. God keeps reaching further out and deeper in. The Spirit seems to do its best work when things are out of reach and off map. Now, according to the book of Acts, the Spirit draws people together who have no business ever crossing paths. This is deeply hopeful. The Spirit then moves disciples ever outward, ever further off the map, and this is also hopeful, given how tiny we tend to draw them. The Spirit keeps pushing, inviting, adventuring, starting right at the very edge of the map. Sometimes we are there due to a wrong turn past the familiar, or because our lives got unsettled, or because we encounter someone or a self that God loves before we do. But that's prime territory for the Spirit. So, if you happen to find yourself at the edge of a map these days, please take heart. That's precisely where the adventure in the Holy Spirit begins. Amen.